How have you been doing these past few days? Uh -huh. Days? You mean weeks? <laughs> well, I'm not sick anymore, so Thank we're vibing. And somehow I got paid for f working 44 hours this week, or these last two weeks when I uh, didn't. I'm uh, not mad about it, but why? Yeah, I wouldn't look too much into it. Don't let them know. You know, just take your money. Don't let them in, don't let them see. Be the good girl you always meant to be. <laughs> now we gotta do Frozen at some point. We should, anyway. I'm surprised I haven't thought of that, to be honest. Me too. I'm surprised we haven't literally... We should do Disney December. <gasps> yes, we should. I was thinking either Disney December or DCOM December, but we're already doing, like, two Disney Channel original movies. I mean... Why not just general Disney? Because DCOMs fall under Disney. That's true. They gotta be, like, kind of Christmas-related, though, if we're gonna do them in December. True. So, like, what? Frozen? The Santa Claus. Is no. that a Disney movie? <laughs> I don't know, but no. I don't, you don't, don't, don't want to talk about Tim Allen? <laughs> I really don't want to talk about Tim Allen. <laughs> Sorry if anyone is a big fan of Tim Allen. I am simply not. Ugh, we, we got ideas. But today we're going to be talking... I feel like the past two week times we've done this, we've talked about stuff that both of us don't really like. But I think today is going to be a very much more positive discussion because I think we both have very positive feelings about what we're talking about today. Correct. I but... will say... <laughs> but I'm a dumb slacker. So I came in here having skimmed the Wikipedia synopsis. You know what? Sometimes that just happens. But you know what? I've been spending the time that you were dealing with your technical stuff reading through and trying to pick stuff so that I'm not just doing it on the spot. <laughs> for, for anybody who is looking to buy a laptop, do not buy an HP laptop. Oh, never do. I could have told you that. The price is not worth it. HP is the worst kind of laptop. Straight up. But anyways, my name's Kevin. And I'm Mickey. And this is Who's Got the Sign, a podcast where we talk about different pieces of media, whether that be musicals, movies, TV shows, animated stuff, whatever, that we both enjoy or, like the past two weeks, don't enjoy and, and, <laughs> and talk about them and describe different star signs for different characters within them. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite musicals. I don't know about you, but we're going to be talking about Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. And for reference, I have seen live versions of this show, but we're going to be talking specifically based off of the movie version of Mamma Mia. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie version, but you've seen the live version, it's not too different. But if there's anything we talk about that you haven't seen in those live versions of Mamma Mia, that's probably why, because we're basing it off of what happens in the movie. Which, it's been a long time since I've actually watched this movie. Yeah. But I have seen the stage production twice, so I have a decent, like, grasp on it. <laughs> Mamma Mia is one of my favorite jukebox musicals. I think the ABBA music fits really well for it. I think it's overall just, like, a really fun time. Like, nothing, there's not too much weight to anything. It's all, like, interpersonal issues that are going on. It's mm -hmm. not like it's not like the world is ending or whatever. It's just a marriage, and this you know, this girl wants her dad to be there, but she doesn't know who her dad is. So she invites the three people who it could possibly be to her little island that her mom owns in Greece, or it's Greece, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and then hilarity ensues from there. I love how like just fun it is in just taking the setting that it's given seriously and running with it and I think it's really cool yeah I think a lot of times jukebox musicals just don't work the way they're supposed to um because most of the time the music just doesn't translate 
to being sung by a large group of people um, and, like, harmonized with and whatever. There's some that are great, like the Green Day musical, fab. Jagged Little Pill, though it is very problematic in a lot of ways, apparently, um, still an excellently written musical with the Alanis Morissette songs. This one tops the list for me as well. Because I just think the vibes are, like, too perfect. It is, it is a really amazing show. So before we get into talking about our characters today, I'll say little tidbits that we always say. That we will be discussing all of the characters in the movie at slash musical, at least all of the main ones. We'll be talking about all of their character stuff, plot stuff, anything that happens. So if you haven't seen Mamma Mia for some reason, I definitely recommend going to see it, uh, whether it be in live or just looking up the movie. But um, yeah, you'll definitely be spoiled by things that we talk about. So if that's something that bothers you, then I would recommend watching it first. And the other thing is that we will be talking about all the different star signs, most likely, and we'll be discussing good and bad things about them. So if we say something bad about a specific sign, that is not us saying something bad about everybody who is in that sign. Each of them have their positive and negative qualities to them. Quick question for you. Yes. Have you assigned anyone a Scorpio rising this time? Um, no, not this time. Impressive. To be fair, we only have two characters we're talking about all three signs for tonight. But even still, I don't think I would have put Scorpio Rising for any of the characters on this list. Yeah. I just expect it from you at this point, so I had to ask. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you go back and listen to every single episode, I have it for at least one person. So that's not an unfair expectation. I know. (laughs) Anyways, the first character we're going to be talking about tonight is Sophie. Sophie is one of our two main characters that we'll be going super in-depth with, but she's also one of the first people that we meet in the movie slash musical. Um, She is the daughter of Donna, who owns the island that she lives on. Sophie and her boyfriend Skye are about to get married, but Sophie wants her dad to be there for her marriage, Um, so she invites Sam, Bill, and Harry, who are the three people in her mom's diary, who she writes about around the time of when Sophie would have been conceived. Um, She writes them each a letter to come out to the island, um, pretending to be her mom to get them to come there so that she can connect with them and figure out which one is her dad so she can have them them walk her down the aisle. And she's just like really innocent and like really optimistic and nice. And she's one of my favorite characters in the um, in the story. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about the other one afterwards, who is actually my favorite person. But that's also because they're Meryl Streep. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's Sophie. What did you have down for Sophie's signs? So. Which is also a really fun alliteration to say. Yeah. Especially if you include her last name in there, which is Sheridan. So, Sophie Sheridan Signs. Wow, I just sounded so nerdy. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so I was thinking a lot about this about ten minutes ago. (laughs) And I think I think a lot of what I what I recall from Sophie as a character is, like, she she will do anything to get what she wants, which is, in this case, her father walking her down the aisle. Um, which reminded me of Capricorn and how, like, Capricorn's son are, like, they're, they're stereotypically workaholics, but it's more so, in this case, like, she will do anything she thinks she has to do to be able to to get the perfect wedding. Which, of course, doesn't even end up happening. Yes. After all of this. But, you know. Um, And then there's also bits about being stubborn 
and stuff like that. And I think that mostly extends to her talking to her mother, which is just sort of because of the mother-daughter dynamic. But she kind of is like, Mom, I'm going to do this thing as soon as her mom finds out about it. Mm-hmm. Which is takes longer than expected, to be honest. Yeah, it takes, like, most of the plot. Yeah. Like, pretty good, pretty good secrecy there, Sophie. So I'm not, like, 100% sold on that, but I think that fits best based upon what I have in my brain. No, I get that. I think... I think I can understand where you're coming from with that, especially with, like, the kind of stubbornness that Sophie has and, like, wanting to achieve their goals um, regardless of, like, what is blocking them from doing so. Like, I feel like we kind of see her put her relationship with Sky a bit on the back burner and, mm-hmm. like, focus a lot more on, like, what's going on with her dads and, like, figuring out who who is her, like, quote-unquote real dad, even though she, in the end, she, like, considers them all to be her dad. Which I is think- a lot for, like, three days. Yeah, literally. Um, that's musical logic for you. But I... I see all of that, but I actually went with Libra for her son. Okay. And the reason I said that is because while I do think that she has that, like, stubborn streak in her and she, like, knows what she wants and will do what she can to get it, I also see this thing in Sophie where she wants to be, like, fair to everybody who's involved with um, the situation. Like, I just think of when they're doing, like, voulez-vous at... (laughs) and then like Sophie passes out and like the reason she's doing that is because she's getting so stressed out about like at the all at the same time Harry Bill and Sam tell her that they think they're her dad and that they all want to walk her down the aisle and she doesn't know how to tell them like no it should only be one of you only one of you should be my dad like I don't know how to handle this situation And, like, a big part of being a Libra son is being, like, indecisive and not being able to handle, like, discord and, like, um, difficult situations. And I feel like I'm drawing from that scene a lot in, like, seeing that in her character. Yeah. See, I was leaning towards Libra for Moon. Okay. Um, And I think that it was for a similar reason. Like, she's very much, like, trying to make everyone happy the whole time. Like, she agrees to having all three of them walk her down the aisle, even though she knows that that's not a thing that can happen. Um, Because they all are, like, so excited about it, and she just wants to make them happy. Um, But then she's there just like, what do I do now? (laughs) Afterwards. So she wants everything to work out and be balanced and be happy, but it's not something that she actually manages well. Yeah. Um, and then the stuff that you were saying about wanting everything to be fair and being indecisive and all that is also present in the moon. Um, it just depends on, I think, how you want to look at it, which one would fit better. Yeah, I I could definitely see like a Capricorn moon, uh, Libra, Capricorn sun, Libra moon situation. Mm-hmm. Um I will just say that, like, for her moon, I had put down Sagittarius. Yeah, I was looking at that one, too, actually. Yeah, because I feel like Sophie is very, like, sociable, and, like, she she gets along with people really easily. Like, the the trio of dads ends up, like, staying longer than they plan to because they, they, they just, like, get along with Sophie really well, even before they've realized that she is one of their daughters. And, mm-hmm. like, she just she's a very magnetic person and i feel like people gravitate to her because of her attitude yeah um, that makes sense yeah the the other things about it is that like so uh sagittarius moons really thrive on like the the travel aspect and like uh needing like a sort of emotional freedom to to be themselves and do what they want and I think we see that with Sophie as well like with her in the end choosing not to get married but instead to travel with Sky and like explore the world more and like 
become more worldly in general yeah so that that was why I ended up going with it for moon but I feel like it really could be a toss-up between that or a Libra okay um yeah and I'm, I'm looking at the stuff about Sagittarius moon right now and there's also um bits about being a risk taker which Really, this whole musical is based upon her taking a really stupid risk. It's one huge fucking risk. <laughs> so, because really, that... like, can you think about what, how horribly this could have gone? <laughs> well, yes, several things could have happened. Firstly, she had, however long she spent tracking down these dudes to send them invitations. But she didn't know how things ended with them at all. She just read the sex part in her mom's journal, which is also just like... She's way too excited about reading yeah. about her mom having sex. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> honey, honey. Like, come on. No how one in real life would be me? that excited uh -huh. about it. Honey, honey. No one in real life would be that excited about that. Literally. Just saying. But um, she, like... She tracks down these guys, so there could be, like, some random dude living at the address that she mails these invitations to. Or, things could have ended badly with one of them, and one of them could have just, like, not decided, like, decided not to show up, because why would I want to see Donna? Or, they could have been greeted by Donna, and the whole thing could have been blown up. Like, there are so many things that could have happened. But no, they just all happened to be, like, super nice dudes who still kind of loved Donna after 21 years. That's what real love is. <laughs> you fuck on the beach once and you're enamored for life. Exactly. So, how, what, it, what are you leaning towards when it comes to, like... I just think you're and... right. <laughs> You think I'm right about the Sagittarius stuff? About both. About both. Okay. Yeah. Because I am piecing things together. <laughs> and you <laughs> seem to know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean that, like, you also aren't right. I think you're more right about the Capricorn for Sun than Libra is for it. Okay. Valid. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What if Capricorn Sun, Sagittarius Moon, Libra Rising? So I could I could go for that. I just want to say that I also had Pisces for her rising. And I think that mainly comes from like thinking about like when she sings I dreamed a dream and like Pisces risings being all about like that dreamy head in the clouds kind of person. Yeah, I have a dream. Um, so that was that was what I went for there mainly because of that stuff. Um, and that's like the first time we see Sophie. But I, I could also go for Libra there as well. Yeah. I'm like, I hadn't gotten this far with Sophie. Um, I just think Libra is definitely somewhere in her placement. Pleasant, sweet, charming. It still has this things about being indecisive and having good intentions because they want people to be happy. Um, being diplomatic. I mean, that's all. that's all her, so... That's not wrong. <laughs> Heck yeah. And it also says, since Libra is an air sign, you are social, enjoy being around others and collaborating on projects, which also ties into what you were saying about Sagittarius Moon. You're right. Yeah, I, I'm good to go with that. that with Heck the yeah. Sun, Sagittarius Moon and Libra rising. Awesome. All right. Do you want to talk about Donna then? I can do that. I feel like we're moving very quickly this time. I know. We're kind of getting the hang of it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the other main character that we're going to like go into the big details of um, is Donna, who is Sophie's mom. She owns this tavern hotel place that they live in on this Greek island. Um, and she had three... I don't know what the ad I wanted to use the word torrid, but I don't think that's right. 
Um, tumultuous. But she had tumultuous. <laughs> okay. Um, she had three nights with three very nice, sweet, attractive men within 25 days, which just so happens to be the 25-day period in which Sophie was conceived. So she and her friends try to piece together what happened to try and figure out, you know, who her dad is, and it doesn't work. So instead, Donna gets to be stressed about all of these super hot men, or men that she thinks are super hot anyway, um, just showing up at her hotel to stay without knowing that she's there. And she kind of, she's like very hardworking, and she like tells you like it is kind of the whole time um even if she is kind of going insane in her head oh also she's in a girl group with her best friends donna and the dynamos hell yeah uh, i mean i have you seen mamma mia 2 no oh my god you gotta watch it the young actor for bill oof wait i'm gonna look this up hang on Okay. All right. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. <laughs> I see. I see. I also see him with that left ear piercing. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I love the character of Donna. Uh, my, maybe part of that is because she's being played by Meryl Streep, and that really does a lot for me, personally. I mean, mood. Um, <laughs> but you, even... Even if she, even in the times that I've seen the role played other by by other people than Meryl Streep, I think she's a really in- engaging character, and I find her I, she's probably my favorite in the musical. Like I, I love Sophie, but Donna I feel steals the show in so many moments. Um, she she gets some of like the best numbers in the musical. Like Mott, she gets the titular song. Um, and then, like, Dancing Queens. Um, yeah, oh. I I love her so much. Oh, yeah, no, Donna is an icon. We love her. Um, I, the first, for her sun sign, like, I instantly jumped to this one. And I don't know if that means I didn't think hard enough about it or not. But the immediate thing that I thought of for her was Aries. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I said that for her because, like, I just think about the fact that this is a woman who, like, runs an entire, like, village, basically. Like, like it's a hotel thing, but, like, it's a ton of people there. It, it looks like a small town um, by herself. Like, she's been doing this for years now, even while taking care of Sophie. And I feel like Aries being all about that, like, action-motivated initiative plunging into events thing that fits for Donna a lot and you know she like her daughter she's pretty she could be pretty stubborn and can find it really hard to forgive people and mm-hmm. that's like her whole journey with Sam throughout the musical like because it, it's pre- it becomes pretty obvious that like her and Sam have the most emotional connection between her and her three exes um the three men who could be Sophie's father, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have the, the biggest connection between the two of them. And they go on this journey of like, uh, Donna still having feelings for him, but like not, she still remembers the reason why he left her was because he was engaged to another woman at the time. And like feels incredibly hurt about that. And it's not until she learns that like, he immediately divorced her, like broke up with her when he went back. And when he came back, she had seemed to have already moved on. And that's why that's why he wasn't um, involved in her life anymore, that like she she changes that around. So I feel like that's part of like the whole Aries thing there of just like her having a very hard time forgiving people. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. I'm kind of, and I think this is mostly just because she's literally in, like, a 70s crazy costume girl group, um, and I think you know where I'm gonna go with this, 
but uh, I was leaning towards Leo. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Similar reasons, because it's, like, again, most of the reason that we pick things, we pick different signs of the same element, because we see the same things and we just go different directions with them. So it's lots of what you were saying is, like, fire sign stuff, the action, the, like, stubbornness and all of that. Um... But there's a part here where it talks about Leos being inwardly sensitive and getting their feelings hurt really easily, which I think talks towards what you were just saying about her and Sam. Like, obviously, there's a reason that she was upset, because that was kind of an awful thing to do. Yeah, of course. Um, but to have your feelings be hurt by someone, and then him leave and immediately come back, and you're already with someone else. Like, that's not much better. Right. <laughs> so, it's kind of like, yeah, it says when this occurs, they can turn on the object of their affection when their pride is hurt. And I really kind of think that's what that situation was. Like, her pride was hurt because she thought she had this, like, whirlwind love with this random guy she just met. And then it turned out he was engaged after, you know... He cheated on his fiance with her. <laughs> so, like, I don't... It's not necessarily, like, feelings being easily hurt in that situation because there was a very valid reason for her feelings to be hurt. However, for it to bother her for 21 years changes that a little bit. Yeah, and that that's why, like, the part about... Because I'm looking at Leo's son right now. Like, the part about it, like, you don't hold a grudge, like... That that is one hundred percent a grudge that like she holds holds against him, and it, it it is a valid one. Um, but like that that's the part that like I'm seeing that like has me pulling away from it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, like like you said though, like they're both fire signs. There's gonna be there's gonna be crossover there and like similarities, just different different views on it will change that like i wouldn't be surprised if someone else could look at this and say oh she's she's a sagittarius you know it's just scrolling down to look at it and see <laughs> yeah um this one doesn't i don't think this one fits as well because this is like sagittarians can't stick to a current project until the end like she's been running this hotel for 20 something years like she's pretty good at sticking to tasks yeah. Um, and staying in one place and not being restless and needing to, to leave and whatever. Like, she's she's there. Also, she gets married at the end, so she does not shy away from marriage, like it says. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think one or the other, it depends on, again, what you pull out and what you don't pull out, necessarily. Um, I mean, I'm willing to lean towards Leo because I think what you're talking about has all of the things that I said for Aries on top of all of that dramatic stuff with her too. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Donna and Sophie both have this, but Donna definitely more so. They're both very dramatic people. Um, and I mean, just looking at any of the, I mean, it's, it's a musical. Everyone's going to be dramatic at some point, but you're I think correct. like anytime that Donna, like, faces some kind of adversity or is in an uncomfortable situation her reaction is to like lock herself in her room or to like cry in her bed and like Lay freak out bed like she's dying yeah and then like tanya and rosie have to like coax it out of her of what's going on or what's wrong and like it becomes a whole a whole performance basically Literally. like is that that's super trooper right that scene i, I think I so i think so i think that's chickadee day uh, that that's the one when like they're yeah i don't know i'm not like tr super trooper is when they're performing as the donimos <laughs> the donimo <laughs> no the you're dynamo. right yeah. um you're right i'm trying to think i don't know if this i'm like looking at the spotify soundtrack for the movie. And Chiquitita is not even on here. Weird. So now I'm just confused. 
maybe it's not in, I don't think it's in the staged production. Well, I'm looking at the movie one. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I am confused. I, I'm willing to go with Leo there with you. Okay. And Sorry, then... that is, is not relevant at all. I didn't need to go this way. It just it's, it's, happened. It's okay. But, what? yeah. I, I definitely, you're right. It's, they do sing Chiquitita to her at some point. I don't know. I'm confused. What was that? That was my um, water bottle hitting my microphone. Okay. Um. <laughs> me a little bit. Sorry. Moving on, what did you have for Donna's moon sign? Moon sign? Um, I was looking at Virgo. Okay. And I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying about her and, and Sam. Like, she has these feelings, but she doesn't want to show those, so she, like, kind of just avoids him when she realizes he's there. And, of course, ends up, don't they end up getting married at the end? Yes. They get so, married instead of I was like, it isn't Sam that gets married to her. I, I knew she got married, but I was like, mm, I don't remember. I don't want to sound stupid. Well, Harry is gay. <laughs> so, right. it's And it's not Bill, so. Yeah. Um, just had to double check. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it talks about being shy about showing your true feelings and trying to to like keep them in. Um, being outwardly more mental than emotional, and that goes to what you were talking about—how she like literally locks herself in her room to feel things because she doesn't want anyone else to see it. She doesn't feel like. I don't know, she doesn't feel like she can show people how she really feels. Um, needs to, like, be perfect and run her hotel and, like, be this, like, hard-working businesswoman that she's been for all this time. Even though her life kind of is falling apart around her. Literally falling apart. Yeah. Um, trustworthy is, is in here. Down-to-earth and practical, um... Things like that, like doing whatever is needed in a situation in the moment, being resourceful. Um, you can't you can't run a hotel without being resourceful. Yeah, you just can't. So yeah, I think I think that fits in my brain. Yeah, I see a lot of what you're talking about there, and parts of that I found in Cancer Moon, which is why I went with that one water sign really yeah because i feel like donna is like she's a very she's a very emotional character like we she is not i don't feel like she hides her emotions very well she doesn't like always explain what they are but i feel like she is always very emotionally reactive to situations around her um i the big part of that is uh, like cancer moons have like a very nurturing and mothering attitude towards them and mm -hmm. you know of course looking at the relationship between like donna and sophie that like donna very clearly cares about sophie wants the best for her and like will do whatever it takes for that to happen um sometimes being a bit overbearing in that aspect um and like she she's very like emotionally connected with her and can usually tell when like she's upset about something um but even just like her own emotions like she can be like very up and happy in one moment and then like very down and upset in the next which like the the whole thing about cancer moons is them like having their emotions being this huge like broad definition of like both really big highs and really big lows we love um, emotional volatility. Honestly, we love vulnerability. <laughs> um, I say but... that as a very emotionally volatile person. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I saw in there that I felt fit Donna a lot is about the whole security part. And like mm -hmm. how it says it even just in here, like you look for it in your home and family life. And I feel like Donna like is a very family focused person. 
um you wouldn't know this because you haven't seen the second movie but like we we learn a bit more about like donna's mom in the second movie and like her relationship with her and how that motivated her into making some of the decisions that she did in her younger years and like owning the hotel and all that so i definitely think like that cancer part is in there um also you definitely need to see the second movie because her mom is played by Cher. I was just gonna ask I was like her mom's share right I didn't want to interrupt you but like yeah I know um I held off because the one time that I actually watched the movie I was I had a friend over and it's like her favorite movie of all time like she has a, a dancing queen tattoo and like all this stuff um so she put it on because she was like you've never seen this movie oh my god we have to watch it and then we proceeded to literally not pay attention to it at all so whenever we sit down to watch anything together you're right. <laughs> but I was like waiting to um rewatch this one and then I was going to watch the second one and then I was like, "Oh, yeah, this podcast will give me a chance to rewatch this movie." And then I got sick and I forgot about it and now here we are 3 weeks later and I still haven't watched it. <laughs> I'm really good at life, guys. <laughs> But anyway, maybe one day when y'all grow up, you can be as cool as us. (laughs) Point being, um, I think you're right. Okay. I think the where I was talking about the nitpicky perfection stuff um, overlaps with what you were saying about uh, the sympathetic nature and, and being like, knowing how Sophie was feeling and, and talking about her emotions and stuff like that. Um, it makes it sound nicer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like in it's intended in a very like caring way. I just think like I said, it can be very overbearing and like uh, almost stifling sometimes for Sophie. Like that's where there's conflict between the two of them because, you know, Sophie feels like her mom is is like running things for her and like not really letting her make her own decisions which like isn't what donna is intending to do is just kind of how it comes across when you're the kind of mother that donna is yeah all right and then for her rising um i was thinking again about her being like this hotel owner and like how she would appear from the outside and i said that her rising would be taurus yeah, I was kind of thinking that as well, actually. Yeah, because their their whole thing is, like, seeming strong-willed and, like, dependable, um, being able to, like, work with their hands really easy. And, like, I feel like front, Donna is that kind of person. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that she's super materialistic, but, you know, I think, I mean, we see in money... It, when she's singing like money, 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 must be funny in a rich, <laughs> in a rich man's, man's world. world. Yeah, but she, but she obviously has like desires for more grand lifestyle, but I don't know if it's necessarily like a defining trait for her. Yeah, I think I think that for Donna, it's less about being like materialistic and more about just like wanting her business to reflect the image that she wants it to reflect to her customers. Like, she has a very nice-looking sort of environment. She runs this whole tavern and this whole hotel and everything. Like, it's a nice place. And I think that in this instance, that sort of materialistic nature gets spread to her business more so than herself as a person. Like, she yeah. walked around and... And now this is literally just because I am thinking about the shows that I've seen in which she's, like, constantly messy bun, very little makeup, overalls. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so she herself doesn't, like, actually put much effort into what she looks like and doesn't really pay attention to the finer things in that respect but she wants her public image to be her business not herself yeah yeah i i see that i i get i can see that materialistic side then from the from the viewpoint you're having for there 
So yeah, I think that we are in agreement. <laughs> and we don't have to we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, then I then we have for Donna, we have her down as a Leo sun, a Cancer moon and a Taurus rising. Hell yeah. All right. So the next few characters we're going to talk about, we won't go as far in depth as we did for Sophie or Donna. We're only going to talk about their sun sign, but we'll still talk a bit about their character, what they do in the musical, and why we picked that specific sign for them. But the first character in this list is Sam, one of Sophie's potential fathers, the one who Donna clearly has the closest relationship to. And who he clearly wants to rekindle whatever relationship they used to have. And a lot of his arc is trying to prove to Donna that he really does care about her. And he really does love her and wants to be with her again. Um, For him, I had him down as a Pisces. Yeah, I was thinking Pisces or Cancer. Because emotions. Um, I think Pisces fits him better because... He's not like, hang on, let me scroll back up to Cancer and read what I was just reading so that I can, um, it's about like, it's like I was talking about with the volatility of emotions, like being up and down. I don't think he's like that. Um, and I think that it's, it talks about like not being able to tackle things head on, um, and kind of like attacking it from the side. Um, I don't think that's him, so I think I would I would lean more towards Pisces as well. Um, yeah, they're they're like the stereotypically like most sentimental and romantic sign of yeah. the zodiac, and I feel like Sam is definitely that character who like purposely goes out of his way to try to be as romantic as possible. I think about like the scene when Donna first sees um, all three of them again for the first time, and she's asking like what are you doing here? And Harry's like, oh, I, I'm here writing a book about Greece. And Bill's like, I I was stopping by or like I was on vacation or something. And Sam straight up just goes, I'm here to see you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm here to see you. All because right. I am in love with you after 20 years of not seeing you at all. He's just he's just on a boat every uh, for those twenty one years. He's just on a boat, like out on the water with binoculars, watching the island. Like one day, can you imagine? That would be terrifying if someone honestly, did that. Honestly, terrifying. Um, the next character we have is Bill, uh, another one of the potential fathers. Per like I don't the movie never answers like. Who who really is Sophie's dad? Because the whole point is like that all of them are like her dad and that she cares about and loves all of them and they all love her. But I think if I had to pick one of them who I'm pretty sure is actually Sophie's dad, I would pick Bill. Um, yeah. I don't really have a super strong foundation for as to why. It just makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I would agree. I think it would be too easy if it was Sam. Yeah. Like, since he's obviously the one that Donna had the closest relationship with and, like, rekindled said relationship, um, I think it would be too easy. (laughs) So I like that. I like that idea as well. And I mean, not that this means anything, but Bill is also the only blonde one of the three of them, and Sophie and Donna are both blonde, so I don't know. Not that that means anything, but, you know. Yeah. Um, Um... For Bill, I had him as a Sagittarius. I was just about to say the same thing. He's literally a travel writer and sailor, so. Yeah. He do be traveling. He do be travel. He do so be I think that is maybe a little on the nose, but yeah. I think it, it fits. I also don't feel like Bill at any point is like super melodramatic about anything. I feel like he he's like very just optimistic and like wants to have a good time. And that's like just Sagittarius is like what you think of when you think of them. Yeah. Which is odd coming from one because I am very melodramatic. <laughs> yeah, but that's the Scorpio cusp for you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, 
after Bill, we have our last dad out of the group, which is Harry. Um, Harry is, uh, like, he's very artistic. He's very, like, in tune with the world. Like, he, he very much, like, like wants to he he cares about Sophie a lot you know we don't we don't get as much for Harry as we do with the other two like we don't even get that much for Bill it's mainly Sam who gets a lot of focus but you know we we see that um Harry cares a lot about Sophie and that like he still had he cared a lot about Donna but he's just like this very like worldly kind of guy who just kind of is like in tune with himself and marches to the beat of his own drum. Um, what did you have for Harry? I'm not sure, to be honest. I think he's, like, he's so straight-laced that I want to say, like, maybe Capricorn or Aquarius. Aquarius, I think. Yeah, because I... Part of me, I part of me thought Aquarius. Part of me thought Cancer because, like, again, all we re- we don't see a lot from Harry, but we do see that like he's very like family focused because of Sophie and like that he cares a lot about her. Yeah. But I think like as far as his general demeanor and like attitude, I think Aquarius makes more sense because like that uh, a lot of it has to do with that part about like. They are friendly yet detached. They have warmth yet. Although I they feel appear like that's cold the main thing we cite any time we talk about anyone who's an Aquarius. Yeah, that that is what <laughs> we do a lot of the time. We are nothing if not uh, blatant and consistent. Um, <laughs> predictable, if you will. Predictable for sure. But I feel like that that part kind of fits for him, where like he just kind of seems like on his own in a lot of situations like not directly involved but like not completely detached either yeah i think i I think that that makes a lot of sense um there's aspects of aquarius about like being determined and persistent and like he used to be in a band but now he's just like this straight laced like kind of boring nice dude so there could be some like hidden aspects of like a a leo somewhere in his placement or like a a, some other fire sign um from that like past that he kind of has suppressed a little Mm -hmm. um but now he's just like a bank dude (laughs) he's boring yeah not that Aquariuses are boring by nature, but I just feel like that's the only thing he has going for him. Yeah, he unfortunately doesn't. He gets more development, I'd say, in the second movie. I mean, like, I'm sure. we get to see more of like his younger personality, and like he seems a lot more like extravagant um, and like personable then. Um, and we get we get more of that in his adult actor too, but I think going just based off of what we see in this first movie that we don't get a lot of to go off of for him. Yeah, but I'm I'm good with going for Aquarius for him. Heck yeah! Um, I, our next character is Sophie's fiance Sky, who again is not a character that we see a lot in the movie. Or the musical, you know, he's not really the central focus of a lot of things. Just like, you know, his and Sophie's marriage is more so the backdrop for the plot more than of something that gets a super ton of focus on. But we do see a good bit about him. You know, we clearly see that he cares a lot about Sophie, even though he feels like the situation with her dads is taking away from their relationship with each other and their marriage, which like is kind of valid for him to feel that way um because she never told him that she was planning to do this and it's also his wedding um but over like we don't get a super ton with him but just a bit of characterization that we do get for him i was gonna go with capricorn i was thinking i'm trying to think um 
I feel like he's like not he he like he's not entirely happy on the island. He wants to go. He wants to like learn more about himself and the world. So he's kind of just there. And I was kind of thinking of aspects of the indecision in like Libra where he kind of like wants to stay there because he wants to be with with Sophie because he loves her, but he's just not quite content. Mhm. Which is why I think the ending is so good, where they decide not to get married and stay there. Like, they decide to to go and do what he wants to do and, like, be happier as a couple before they get married, because they are super young. So I think Libra is where I'm leaning towards for him. But I do understand what you're saying as well about Capricorn, and I think that's why... I think that's why him and Sophie fit together so well, because both of them have... Those two signs are the ones that we talked about. Yeah, I think they're both, like, kind of stubborn people, and I think they both, like, know what they want and, like, want to get what they want, which, like, is both a good thing and a bad thing in their relationship from what we see. Um, I mean, I could even see, like, tech, like possibilities of Pisces in there from, like, mm-hmm. um, lay all your love on me, like, uh, them being very romantic and, like, intimate with each other in like both a serious and a playful way that like they're very comfortable with each other um so yeah i mean i think it could be any any one of the three that we talked about is again one of those characters who we don't get a ton of personality or screen time for him so it's hard to pinpoint down exactly what he would be yeah it's really interesting how differently he's played to in in each incarnation of him yeah because like in the stage production that i saw most recently which was just a couple years ago um local he was like kind of pompous but still like obviously insecure at the same time whereas like in the movie he seems to be more like confident in himself Mm-hmm. So it, it also kind of is is clouded by that for me. Like they're they're so different <laughs> just in my brain, all mixing together. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing about like stuff like this where there's uh where there's like a movie version of it and then multiple different staged productions, is that like once you see those different ones, it kind of like warps your own opinion about it as well. Because mm-hmm. you see it being done in different ways. Which I think is, again, lending to the fact that, like, we can pull from a list of different signs that would fit for him. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Sky could be either of those, but I feel like a character who I am much more confident on a sign for them is Tanya, Mm -hmm. who is one of the uh, dynamos that Donna is best friends with. They've been best friends since they... We're in high school and they get along super well. Tanya is definitely the most like dramatic of the group, which even just saying that you can probably guess what I picked for her. Yeah. Um, she gets her own le- little standout moment in the in the movie. Um, I don't know if it's in the staged productions or not. I can't remember. It but, is. Yeah. Um, so she gets a whole number for herself. Um, and like she She's just like a really fun character and she usually her and Rosie, one of the other the other character we'll talk about, is like they're kind of like the comedic relief of the of the plot, even though everybody's kind of comedic relief at some points. They mm-hmm. just have like the best like quips and like uh like funny scenes together. Um, but yeah, I, I said that Tanya was a Leo. For sure. Yeah, I feel 1, like it's percent agreed. Yeah, she she's extremely dramatic. She reacts to everything with dr- dramatic flair and like over the top. You know, she that that fits her to like a T. I would like to share with you. So I have a a, a list of the characters with short descriptions um, from a specific theater in Vermont. Um, their production of it. And underneath of Tanya, it says, 
One of Donna's oldest and best friends, Tanya, around 40, has married several millionaires and discovered a lot more about plastic surgery than love. <laughs> the extent that she was ever looking. I adore that. It's accurate, but it made me giggle. I feel like, not that I would be in it because I am not a singer, so I couldn't be in the musical like this, but I would more likely play like a Bill or a Harry, but I would love to be Tanya in this. Oh, I could see it. 1,000%. Um, and to, to, to finish off, we'll talk about the other character who goes along with Tanya a lot of the time is Rosie, who is Donna's other childhood friend. She's kind of the more like straight-laced of the, of the two of them, um, but she's still like pretty funny in her own right and like reacts to things just as dramatically as Tanya does. Um, but she's much more, like, down-to-earth and, like, calm about things and more, like, the rational one in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, And then, like, her, her and Bill have this, like, weird kind of relationship thing going on that comes kind of, like, out of nowhere in the end <laughs> where, like, Rosie's just like, I want to be with you. We're going to make this work. And then Bill's like, I don't know about that, but I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I said I said that Rosie was a cancer. I would vibe that. If only for like the mom friend aspect. Yeah. The the whole mom friend aspect thing I feel like goes along with her really well. Yeah. I think the she's also like so she's like like you were saying, she's probably one of the most like quote unquote funny characters in the in the musical um but she also does like have these moments where she has like a super beautiful emotional connection if even if it's only for like a scene um so i think that that would also lean towards cancer for her as well just because like emotions you know yeah yeah i i feel like that fits for her really well yeah. Cool, but cool. With that, that's all the characters that we have to talk about. Um, we got through them a bit faster than I thought we would. Um, yeah, we've only been recording about an hour. Look at us go. Look at us being efficient. Look at us actually doing what we intended to do when we started recording this podcast. It only took nine episodes. <laughs> you know what? Better late than never, am I right? Honestly, actually, ten if you count the hidden lost first episode. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, but anyways, um, so I think it. We've talked a little bit about the show itself this time. Where it last the last couple of weeks, we've we've talked more about the actual production instead of or production movie, um, instead of the characters because we were unhappy with said movies but this time i think we didn't talk about it as much because we actually had stuff of substance to talk about with the characters yeah, I, I will say again this is probably one of the most well-constructed musicals that exists um i wouldn't call it my favorite because there are so many original ones that aren't jukebox musicals that are just, like, chef's kiss perfection in my eyes. But it is incredible. And if you ever have a chance to see a live production of it, it is so encapsulating. And I definitely recommend you do it. Of course, watch the movie, too, if you haven't, because it's also very good. But a stage production? Mm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of a lot of movie productions of musicals can like be kind of like pretty polarizing a lot of the times and like kind of not exactly represent the musical itself in the best way. But I feel like Mamma Mia is one of those ones that does like the stage production justice for the most part. You know, it's yeah. it's paced very well. I I've never felt I've seen the movie plenty of times and I've never felt like things are taking too long. Or that like the that like I'm waiting for certain things to happen. It all feels very fluid. And it's just like fun. It's a it's a fun musical, and I really can't ask for anything other than that. Like, yeah. 
it's one of those ones where the songs get stuck in your head really easily and like are just super fun to listen to and like sing along to like I there are multiple ones throughout this I think my favorite my favorite like number done in the in the movie and in the musical is is Dancing Queen because of just like the whole ensemble the whole ensemble like dancing together and like running down the boardwalk and like like flinging their hands in the air and just having like so much fun Mm -hmm. like that's really all that I like need from from a musical or like a piece of media is just like clearly the people involved are having fun and that makes me have fun as too as well as too as too yeah I think for me I think lay all your love on me is probably my favorite number um it's also very fun I that is like the one scene that is in my brain from the movie like I remember it from the beginning like I know exactly what happens in that particular scene um because I think I've watched just that scene somewhat recently for whatever reason like someone sent me the YouTube link or something and I watched it um but it's like the movie actually enhances it for me because they involve like the actual water and stuff which you obviously can't do on stage yeah so now it's a lot of money (laughs) it's just so fun like you can get from the set that is created for the stage productions you can get that you're on a beautiful you know greek beachy island but in the movie it's so much clearer because you are literally on a beautiful island and i just there's like Never have I been as happy with a movie adaptation of a musical as shown by the prom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or with uh, Dear Evan Hansen. We're not not talking about it. We're not not touching that with a 10-foot pole. (laughs) Nope. Or let let me think of some other... I can't think of any other ones right now. And then there are the ones that are the opposite, that are movie to musical adaptations. Those ones are also like usually unnecessary. Like Heather's? Uh, no, I was going more towards Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Or, like, what the heck was the... Oh, literally any of the Disney ones. Yeah. They're all beautiful, like, don't get me wrong. They're not bad, they're just unnecessary. Yeah, I... I my final thoughts are just that like I love Mamma Mia. I've yeah. always loved it, you know. It's it's really fun. It is impossible not to have fun while watching this movie. And if you've listened this long and you haven't seen it yet, one, what the fuck? But two, go and watch it because I promise that you'll have a grand old time doing that. Yes. But moving on from that, I do just want to say that we've been doing this podcast together for the past couple of weeks. And it made me think about how we're all in this together. And what was your worst transition yet? I I didn't <laughs> have one. I'm trying here. Basically, we're gonna do high school musical next week. That's what I was trying to get to. <laughs> we're gonna I adore you, but that was so bad. <laughs> We're going to bop, 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 bop to the top while we talk about High School Musical next week. Listen, for this week, until next week, I've got to go my own way. But that one doesn't fit because it's not in the first movie. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) I could have said something about when there was me and you, but it doesn't change the fact that it's Gabriella's solo crying song, okay? Do 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 do. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please check out our other ones that we've done so far. And if you'd like to follow us on our social media, that'll be in our end reel. But aside from all that, just want to say thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. I'm going to go listen to ABBA now. Hell yeah.
Thank you for listening to Who's Got the Sign. If you like the episode, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread our audience to more people. If you have any questions, suggestions, or just general thoughts, feel free to send them to Who's Got the Sign, no question mark, at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Twitter is at who's got the underscore sign, and our Instagram is at who's got the sign.